From a well-guarded network of highly secure, top secret locations across South Texas and maybe beyond, this is the Spurs Insider Podcast Training Camp Edition 2021 for the 2021-2022 season. The usual panel is here for another go-round. I am your host, Mike Finger, joined by Express News Sports Editor Nick Talbot, B-Writer Tom Ringo Orsborn, and the, what is it, polarizing Jeff McDonald, the man with the polar pop. We had the beginning of training camp on Tuesday, media day, uh, when everyone got back together at the Spurs facility for the first time in Many, many months, going back to even before last season, I believe. Uh, That was on Monday. We had a very chipper, upbeat, gregarious 72-year-old Greg Popovich, who was just the life of the party, and a lot to talk about. Where would you guys like to start, Jeff and Tom? Gregarious Greg? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even being sarcastic with that. Like that was, yeah. that was, that was happy pop yesterday. Yeah, the, pre- and, the pressure's off. Yeah. Um, were you guys surprised? First of all, were you guys surprised by anything or was it pretty much what you expected? Um, it was pretty much what I expected. You know, it's going to be a kind of a get to know you season for, for, for this team. Cause it's such a, such a new squad. I mean, there's a lot of holdovers, but I mean, we've talked before about all the veterans that, that are gone and you've got, DeJounte Murray is the longest tenured guy there. Derek White is the oldest holdover from last year's roster at, at the ripe old age of 27. Um, going to be a lot of, uh, going to be a learning year. Um, a lot of uh, like a forging chemistry year, a uh, adding another layer to that rebuilding foundation year. But I also think it could be a fun year. I mean, they might not win uh, 40 games or whatnot, but um, I think they'll be fun to watch. They'll be fast paced. They'll be, um, there'll be some, there'll be some learning, uh, growing pains, but, uh, you're going to see a team that gets up and down and, and, you know, as, as much as, as good of players as, uh, guys like Rudy Gay and DeMar DeRozan and Patty, Patty Mills and going back before that LaMarcus Aldridge were, you're not going to see the ball stick a lot with this group. I think, I think because you have no superstars, I think you're going to see a lot, a lot a lot of ball movement, a lot of, it'll be fun to watch, uh, even as a result, result in a, a whole lot of victory. Yeah. Pop, um, you know, pop said there's no superstars, but he also said there's no ball stoppers. And, um, you know, I don't think he was throwing shade at DeMar. You know, he also said, you know, we don't have any, we don't have to worry about stats, individual honors. I don't think, again, I don't think he was throwing any shade, but, all that stuff is gone there. There's no, I think, I think Mike brought up a great point that he was super relaxed and, you know, you could, you could see the pressure. Uh, it kind of underscored the pressure that he's been under in recent years, not just with the Olympics, which is huge, huge pressure, but just also, you know, maintaining, trying to get to the playoffs with a team with, some veterans that you would think would be playoff worthy and uh, you know, and maybe managing some personalities again, that there's no heavy load of drama with uh, LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan, but they are, you know um, they are very proud veterans, but all that's gone. Now he's got a young team, 
up-tempo team, fresh start, or, you know, however you want to put it. But I just, I just thought he was super relaxed and um, it kind of reflected all the pressure that's off his shoulders. A couple of things there. Um, first of all, part of it is sort of like he hadn't seen us in a while <laughs> and uh, you know, he was kind of playing along and, 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 being over, he, he got back with the cameraman and was pretending to ask questions at one point, asking how important it was to get off to a good start and how important it was to shoot well. He was doing some shtick there. But but um, it should be noted that Greg Popovich is not a man uh, who usually trucks in platitudes or cliches. And when he sits in front of a group of reporters and says more than one time, um, you know, this, how quote unquote, exciting, excited he is. He said, this is exciting to me. He said, it, this, this, this team should really be enjoyable. Like most coaches who say that you kind of roll your eyes and say, every coach says that, but pop doesn't do that a lot. And he seemed genuinely kind of invigorated by I think part of what what Tom's talking about there's no pressure on him and another part is like he does not know what this team is going to become I think he's got some hopes for what it might become but I think he's as kind of optimistic and and intrigued by this this mix of young guys and fast pace he mentioned fast pace like on his own that wasn't in response to questions he went out of his way to say we're going to play fast like I haven't heard that before so I I think that there's something about this team, even though we can all admit that it's probably not a playoff team, no one's going to bet on it to be a playoff team. No one's going to bet on it to even be a 500 team. But I, 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 I think he likes the potential there. And I think he likes a lot of things about what this group might become over the next few months. And that could all go out the window by Friday, <laughs> you know, but yeah, well, yeah. I was going to say, let's check back in February when they've lost eight of 10 Right. And they're yeah. in some godforsaken place like Minnesota. <laughs> Memphis. Right. Yeah, Memphis. Let's Always see how, surly but, in Memphis for some reason. Much, well, let's see how much fun he's having then if, if, that, uh, if that plays out. Like it's also the preseason is and the start of training camp is just a good time to be optimistic anyway. Like that's sure. the most optimistic anyone ever is throughout the whole course of the season. But as much as we talk about the pressure being off off pop, you know, because no one expects this team to be a playoff team. I think there's always going to be some because he's a competitive person, as we all know. There's always going to be some self-inflicted pressure, and it's not going to be as, it's not going to be as fun for him if if um, things don't go well. Well, the pressure now is just well. I think I think the pressure now is something that he really enjoys, which is seeing a team get better, seeing individuals improve. I think that's something he really really enjoys, and um, you know he. He was almost like marketing to pick up what you're saying, Mike. He was marketing the team. You know, it's it's going to be enjoyable. You know, uh -huh. like you fans are going to enjoy it. It's going to be fast paced. Come out and see us. You want? You almost wonder if he has um, like stock options. So he's trying to he's if he's trying to sell the <laughs> tickets or what have you. Yeah, uh, fill, fill, fill the arena because that. I don't know if we want to go here now, but we might as well since we're on the subject. Like, um, if the arena is open again, which it will be. And every seat in the AT&T Center is available again. This is a this is a franchise that sold that place out for a lot of years in a row, and you know we're 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 several years into the rebuilding era, so to speak. But this is the first time 
when it's been open, when I think there are zero expectations of any kind of playoff push, like what is, what do we expect the, the arena to look like uh, most nights this, this year? Is it, are there going to be empty seats? Are people going to turn out to watch this team? What, what do you guys think about that? That's, that's a good question. And I could see it going either way. I mean, the, the place was getting, I don't want to say sparsely full, but there, there were uh, plenty of good seats available uh, back before the pandemic. You know, right. they weren't exactly, I mean, I don't know if they were reporting sellouts every night, but they weren't exactly putting a body in every seat. Um, even, right, even, right. even back then, I wonder how much just the 18 month layoff without, without really having a full complement of fans available. Like, are people just going to be eager to get back in the arena and, and at first, and, and we don't really care if they're winning, losing or whatnot. Well, they'll, will there be a, um, you know, did, 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 the, did the fans miss it? Did they miss the team? I'm sure there'll be a stretch of that. The, and again, this goes back to the, 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 the discussion about the whole team, but like that could wear off by oh, sure, <laughs> Jan- sure. January, February. And then we'll see if, if the fans, much like it, we'll see if, if the team is still, if, if Papa's still excited about the team in February, we'll see if the fans are still interested in the team in February. I'll admit I'm a little excited to cover uh, the first game. Okay. After that, is... I can't. I can't really. I can't really vouch for game number two, but I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit amped up to be there for game one to see how everything goes. But game two, I, I'll probably be over it. We're, we're going to do our first fact check of this season right now because I. I don't believe it. We were. We were, 15 minutes into Jeff McDonald's first like ass- in person assignment in 18 months yesterday, and he was whining about <laughs> wanting to go home and how tired he was and how he wished they would hurry up and let him leave. You're so being hyperbolic. It was not 15 minutes. How long was it? I was a couple hours and we were waiting on one last guy for an extra hour. In which case I said, let's just do that guy tomorrow. Like it's just no, there's no Uh reason we needed that guy today. The viewers of our podcast and I realize they're not viewers, but they're out there listening to the podcast. I'm sure on construction sites and you know, uh, 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 where else do people work? Office buildings. I don't know. I've never had a real job either. Um, I, I don't know where people toil in in the afternoon. Uh, I, ice houses. Well, my point is that 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 we have a blue collar, salt of the earth uh, listenership of, of this podcast, and when they hear that Jeff was done working after two hours, like that's not going to engender well, because much. Because I wasn't done working. I can't start working until this thing is over. Okay. That was the point. I would like to leave so I could start working. My point is I give you until the second (laughs) quarter of that first game until you're complaining about something and not wanting to come back. I didn't say I was going to be excited by the end of that game. I said I was going to be excited going, going into it. Like to go. Okay. I guess we can agree on that. Like the, the, like the, like the, the, like the, uh, like introductions, the starting lineup introductions. Uh Like I'm looking forward to that. The tip off. I'd like, you know, the, the the music to start, you know, when they play Fast Break and Fiesta or are y'all ready for this or whatever they play now. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, after the first time out, I'm, I'm, I'll probably be over. I think that sounds about right. Um, Pop mentioned they are going to play faster. How much faster can they play? And is that, I guess, DeMar's gone. LaMarcus left in the middle of last year, but now this is a whole training camp without him. Is this going to be a style of basketball that the average fan tunes in and say, wow, this is a lot different than how this team has played in the past few years. 
it's what they should strive for. I don't, I don't know how it will look or how it will look in practice. Uh, I mean, they did kind of, uh, not to throw cold water all over the premise, but they pop did kind of talk about this in the last, in the last media day that was on zoom. And it, I don't know that it ever really, if you look at their pace numbers, I don't think it ever really came to fruition. And a lot of that is just the personnel. I mean, again, not to, not, Demar was a great player and all-star. And I, I think there could be some arguments to be nice if he was still on the team, but with him gone, there's going to be room for um, things not to slow down as much. And, uh, you know, with LaMarcus has been gone, but with him not there, there's going to be room for things not to slow down as much. And to, um, but I, 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 th- I think they're going to be a team that's better, better if they can get out and run as opposed to having to run a, a set offense against a set defense, because, uh, when you do get it, when you do get in those situations, uh, a lot of times you need a DeMar DeRozan or a LaMarcus Aldridge, a guy that can make, you know, an all-star type scorer that can make tough shots. The Spurs don't really have that, uh, at least not, not right now. Um, so they're going to be a better team when they can get out and run and attack a defense um, before it can get set. And Pop asked us yesterday who we thought would be um, their, their, t- their go-to take a big shot guy. <laughs> in the last minute, not because he was quizzing us because he said he honestly didn't know himself. <laughs> so, and I, I, I'm not sure anybody will know for a while. Um, deploy all the plays that were drawn up for DeMar last year. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be one guy that gets that play drawn up for him on a night to night basis. I think it could be different. Yeah. It'll just look more like a modern NBA team, especially if the three point shooting improves with McDermott, and um, our old friend, Brent Forbes. Um, yeah, they'll just have a more of a modern look to them. And, um, you know, the pressure, you know, back to the pressure, it kind of kind of falls now on Lonnie Walker, uh, year four, Keldon Johnson. Yeah. Derek White, DeJounte Murray, those, those four guys. Uh, yeah, I guess you can make a case for Luca too. It's, it's, you know, I, I don't want to say it's that's a way he's yeah, in a way yeah. different category. It's, it's not now or never, but are these guys gonna be what we've seen? You know, Keldon certainly will will continue to the arrow's gonna continue to point up, but Lonnie, Derek, and and DeJounte, can they get even better than what we've seen in the last couple of years? That's where the pressure is now. And they should. Well, I, we were trying to get at this during media day yesterday, but um, all the, for all four of those guys. And I think those are the specific four guys that this applies to. Um, and I don't think it applies to many other players in the roster in this way. Those were four guys who were first round picks, all of them. They were guys who, the Spurs at various times had hopes of becoming all-star level. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say, even though none of them have really approached that yet, I think the Spurs at various times have, have hoped that they will become that. And I think that all four of those guys over the past few years have sort of been limited by uh, limited is the wrong word, but it, it's, it's 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 natural that they're in the big moments going to defer to a DeMar DeRozan or a LaMarcus Aldridge or whoever, whichever mm-hmm. vet might be there. 
um, at that time. And now it's going to be sort of fascinating to see if that removes some kind of barrier and barrier might not be the right term either. But it's what their stage. Yeah. It's their stage um, now. Yeah. There's, there's nobody telling them, look, this is not your time to take yep. the game over. Like there yep. might've been before. So what, what does DeJounte and Derek and Keldon and, and Lonnie, what do each of those four guys do with that new freedom, new opportunity? Um, I don't know the answer and I think it's going to be fun to see. That's the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> There will be plenty of time to get into the weeds of lineups and what have you, but I'm curious, what what are the biggest questions lineup-wise, rotation-wise, fit-wise that you guys might have? Um, are you curious about how any player X fits, that kind of thing? We haven't mentioned guys like Thad Young and Doug McDermott and those guys yet. That kind of sparked uh, with uh, Thad Young – Having his first interview today and some of the comments he made, that kind of sparked on. I, I know this is a s- subject I'm not supposed to bring up, Mike, but Twitter, uh-huh. Twitter started twittering about his future. You know, that was kind of the question de jour: is he is he going to stay or not? And and we asked him. Uh, Jeff asked him about that today as well. Care to share with the viewers and listeners uh, what what came of that? Yeah, he said that he's, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. He talked to uh, he he wasn't sure whether he would stick after the trade was made. He was very mm-hmm. honest about that. But he said he had to sit down with Brian Wright and pop. And, um, you know, he's of the mindset now, whatever happens, happens, which which, you know, lent itself to an air of uncertainty about what exactly is going to happen with him. Right. And uh, but he promised to be the pros pro that he always has been. So we'll see. Yeah. That's an, that's an ongoing situation. I mean, I think every, I think we're not talking out of school to say he's not, he's 33 years old. He's not part of the future of this, this franchise. And so um, they've probably been looking at opportunities to flip him into some other mm-hmm. asset that would, would, would constitute the, the future of this franchise, whether it's another pick or something like that. Uh, and and I think those talks will go will keep going as as we um, move on uh, all the way up to the trade deadline if he if he sticks around. I'm not super surprised he's opening camp with the Spurs because, um, you know there's 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 a there's there's limited avenues to trade a guy between uh, the end of free agency and the start of the season. You don't see a lot of trades in October. I mean sometimes you do. Um, a lot of guys that that the Spurs might want to trade for have. have you know, signed this off season with their teams and aren't even eligible to be traded yet. So I, you know, I think it's just, and then I think teams don't know what they are yet either. Um, so I think as the season goes on and teams, just, if there's a team that decides that they need a, a veteran, you know, a proven veteran like Thad Young. I mean, he's, he's a guy that will be attractive, I think, to a lot of teams as the trade deadline comes on. So he's an asset that Spurs can Look to flip, but I'm not really surprised they haven't found a taker between uh, you know in the last month. There's there's two different um, classifications of the guys who are on the roster and aren't going to be long term pieces. And uh, what I mean by that is like I I put Thad Young in a different class than say Al Farouk Aminu, who I think. Sure is a candidate to get way before the season start. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, they, they've got 17 guys on guaranteed contracts and you can only have 15 of them. So two people have to go before the season opener. 
um, either by trade or just get wave. That's just math. And um, like a guy like Aminu, who I'm sure has a lot of appeal to the Spurs for different reasons. He's more of a maybe possibility to just get waived or cut or dumped in some way before the season starts. I think that young not only has value to the Spurs, but value around the league. And you hold on to that. Like you're not just going to dump that young. Oh, yeah. You're going to hold on. He's a guy who can help this team this year. He can be part of, <laughs> even if he's not part of the, uh, whatever they become with their young core, like he can help that young core learn how to win and play well and, <laughs> and succeed in this type of stuff. Like he's a guy you stick, you stick with, um, until you get a deal that you really like. And that deal could be close to the trade deadline. It could be, you know, after the season, whatever. Um, but, but yet that, that has value. And that was a key part of that DeMar trade in that not necessarily that he's going to be part of the future of the Spurs, but that other teams in the league value him. And at some point the Spurs will, should get value for, for that young. Um, the Aminu contract was kind of thrown in there to make the, money work, I guess. And, and, uh, again, like I'm not trying to dump on, on Aminu, but, um, you know, he's, he's a candidate to not necessarily make the roster and uh, they're going to, again, they're going to have to cut two guys. So, or not cut, but, but th two guys are that are on the roster now are not going to make the opening day roster. Uh, they're going to get traded or waived or, or something. And, and that'll be interesting to see. Um, We've hit on a lot already, and I know um, we didn't want to stay too long because the polarizing Jeff McDonald has other engagements. But the question I asked earlier about um, questions about players' roles and things like that, we haven't talked about guys like Devin Vassell, Trey Jones. Uh, we sort of talked about Luka Shamanich. Um Anybody else that I've missed that you think the, the, the new guy, Zach Collins, who isn't available yet. How do all these guys fit Josh Primo? Cell is the interesting one of the ones you just brought up because when, when I, somebody at media day asked pop about, um, you know, will the lineups be in flux? Do you kind of have to play with combinations? Yeah. And pop list pops pop gave it a kind of a, a complicated answer, but you start off by saying, well, not really, because, you know, you know, the guys are going to play. And he listed Derek White, Shante Murray, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell was in that yeah. group, too. And we shouldn't be surprised, but it was telling to me that that was a name that was on Pop's tongue. I, th I think he's going to a guy that's going to play and play a lot this year. Um, probably we should have saw that seen that coming anyway. I mean, he is a lottery pick and they really groomed him this summer at Summer League, just letting him play run <laughs> run pick and rolls run the team um put the ball in his hands and let him take 20 25 shots a, a game so i think you saw his confidence surge a lot in salt lake city and las vegas until he got he, he got briefly injured in, in uh, vegas um how much that confidence will will translate onto the floor this season um remains to be seen but i looked at, at him to be you know he was kind of just a three and d guy last year I look for him to be a little bit more than that this year. I think he can score in a lot more ways than we kind of give him credit for. Um, he kind of had a weird rookie season entering the year of COVID, actually got COVID. Um, so I, 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 it'll be interesting to see if he's developed the way most Spurs rookies 
do after one year or, you know, if he got as much out of his first year as, as other, other Spurs rookies have, um, you know, he didn't go to, he didn't go to the G league like most Spurs rookies will do. Um, but I, th- I think he had a very promising summer and I think they're kind of looking for big things from him um, in his second season. Well, let me ask you that we're in an era of positionless basketball granted um, and, and everybody's kind of a hybrid, but Devin Vassell, when he's drafted, you could envision everything on a sliding scale from playing the one to play in the four. And I still think all of that is applicable, but if he's going to trend closer to the one side or the four side, like where, where do you see his game evolving? I mean, right now I see, I see him as a two, three, yeah. two. but, but you had mentioned that summer league, which the host of this podcast will admit he did not watch like a Hawk summer league games. He was running. He was running the team at times. He was. He was. He was well, yeah, doing that yeah, type of stuff. I, I wouldn't say he was the point. I don't know. Again, his position. But yeah, Trey. Uh, Trey was at the point, uh, and and Devin was the off guard most of the time. I, when I say running the team, I mean they're running the offense through him. Yeah, it's yeah, better, yeah. Better way of phrasing it. Yeah. I mean, if you remember how how Kawhi looked here, he wasn't the point guard, but everything was. He was right. running all the pick and rolls. You know, the ball went through his hands. Yeah, kind of that thing, and a lot of uh, Demar. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of that in, in the summer league. I don't know if that's what his, I don't know. If that's what it looks like, you know, on the Spurs roster, the Spurs main roster, but it's again, because the game has become so posi- positionless, like every player kind of needs those skills to where when he gets the ball and can attack, I think you saw a lot of that from, from Devin um, in, in the, in the, in, in, in the summer league games. Whereas last year as a rookie in the NBA, he was just largely like a catch and shoot guy when he got in there. Yeah. Um, I also thought he was playing really well and up until the point he got COVID. And I, I, I think that break kind of just, just seemed to derail kind of his mo- the momentum of his rookie season. I don't know that he really, not until the very end, it took him a while, I would say to really get back into the, into the flow and to kind of regain momentum last season. And, you know, if he can stay healthy and stay on the floor this year, I think they look for big things from him. Any impact from Primo? Um, before January, I think anything you get from him as a 19 year old is gravy. Yeah. But you can definitely see the skills and, um, you can, he can shoot the ball and that's, I think you never count out somebody that can shoot the ball. Yeah. There were, there were snippets, you know, here and there in, in Vegas where he would just make a play that was unbelievable, you know, well beyond his years super talented athletic play, but then he would come down, you know, the next time and just throw the ball away. So, uh, but you know, the potential's there and, uh, well, Tom, <laughs> let, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. <laughs> Tom, just, just let me say, first of all, if you want to re- hear what else Tom has to say about this, <laughs> a great way to do it would be to go to expressnews.com and subscribe to the Spurs Nation newsletter, which is just, it's, it's, like when I cut, I, I do not have the ability to cut Tom off on expressnews.com or the Spurs Nation newsletter. You, newsletter, you can get all that stuff there. Way more insight than we get on this podcast. Another thing is, you were just talking about how Josh Primo would go down and be great on one end and then just ruin all your faith in him at the other. And, and this is where you have a choice. You can focus on the negative or you can focus <laughs> on the positive. 
I see where this is going. Boy, I, knew, I, knew, I knew where it was going as soon as he cut me off. The segue <laughs> to the end. That was a long, that was, this is a long well, way Jeff to Jeff has drive. to go to cheerleader practice, by the way. <laughs> and so um, I have to wrap this up. And if we're going to wrap it up, if we're going to wrap it up, we might as well do it on an upbeat note. Well, we're talking about looking at the pre, at the primo pick, at, pre- at, 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 at the cream of the crop primo, and think about what he can become rather than what he will never be. Think of what you can become. The glass is, is half full. You can full. become what you want to become. You can be you anything. Be what you want to be. Anything that you want to be. Primo, the, the, the potential is whatever he decides it, just like the potential of our viewers and listeners is whatever they decide. And if they decide never to listen to this podcast again, that's fine. They're probably going to be doing better things. But if they want to, but if they want to come back to us, we'll be here waiting throughout this 2021, 2022 season every week, the rest of the way, always keeping it real and taking care of each other. I messed that up. Taking Spur- care of each other and keeping Spur- it real. Spurs took care of each other with the hundred uh, percent vaccination rate. You just, you just, you just. That is Did a I positive. It? That is a positive thing, Tom. Yeah, should have mentioned that earlier. And I so think now this whole thing we, is a bunch of gibberish. So now we can say that the Spurs are hundred uh, percent vaccinated. They are taking care of each other, and the rest of us can keep it real. 